we haven't got a translation actually in the room, but hopefully if you've got the recording, then you can um, you can translate to your own language afterwards. Um, there's no blame. There's no blame because it's your agenda. So don't blame me if you have a bad three hours. <laughs> it's, it's your your agenda, your fault. Um, so in a minute, we'll ask you. Uh, Alan and I will start off telling you just a, a very short couple of slides on who we are, just for those of you that don't know. Um, and then we'll ask you to introduce yourself. Tell us what you do, where you are, and more important, what's your passion? What you're passionate about? So it might be youth employment, it might be um, quality of training. You tell us what what is your passion? What is it you want to change? Uh, if we decide to run this event again, who could you bring into the debate? Because we, it's been a bit disappointing that we haven't got as many people here as we wanted to. So if we widened it, who else could you bring? So that's it really. Anything else I've missed, Alan? Alan, where's he gone? No, I think that's everything to uh, be honest with you, Christine. Did you get Keith in or not? I'm just, I'm still working on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right then. So uh, who wants to start us off? Uh, Sahan, do you want to start off by telling us who you are, where you're from and what's your passion? You need to unmute yourself. Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. And if you want, I may start introducing myself and uh, what I do and who I work for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I am Serhan, uh, teaching at a vocational high school he here in Turkey. Actually, I have been teaching English, but at the same time, I have been working as a deputy director for the five year for the last five years and we are a tourism and vocation high school the students are between the age 14 and 18 and we have been running eu projects for many years uh, vocational uh, it's, they are about vocational education and internship and uh, my aim uh, is to make projects uh, and to link the schools, high, uh, vocational high schools, and mostly uh, about vocational education and uh, also employment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Is that it? Gary, can I can still call you Gary? Yeah. Need to unmute yourself, Gary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can. You can still call me Gary. That's um, oh, yes. fine. Thank I'm you. not going to. Uh, I'm not going to take it to the high court, so it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's not. Let's not. Let's not start let's not that one. Let's not go there. No. <laughs> no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. <clears throat> well, tell everybody who you are and why are you here. Okay. Uh, oh, God. sorry. 
One second. <coughs> I apologize. One moment. All right. Sorry, I was trying to be a bit more clever than I actually am. Here we are. Okay, so my name's Gary, and um, I'm in the UK, in the West Midlands, uh, Nuneaton. My passion is, um, you could say, education reform, um, but it's a little bit more nuanced than that. A little bit more special, not necessarily specialised, but a little bit more specific than that. What I would like to do is to develop education centres and schools um, that give uh, young children, young people, the opportunity to learn about things that are very, very important to them. So it would still be subject based as, as we know what schools offer. Um, but if a child, young person would like to study, you know, English for the whole day, they can do that. If they want to do maths for the whole day, they can do that. If they want to do cookery, they can do that. But within all that, they will still be learning, you know, personal, social uh, skills, um, you know, cooking skills, e everyday skills. So a lot of that will, will be encompassed. But what the point is, is to give children a real choice so they don't feel like they're being pushed down a rabbit hole and then being told that, 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 that that's OK, because we know that it's not. Um, and then what we're hoping to do, what we'd like to see come from that is we want to unlock the, the genius that's there, because we believe um, at Educate First that genius is as common as air and if you provide the uh, environment and the facilities the quality of information and quality of uh, facilitation of, of teachers then children young people will be able to go in very very deep into something that is important to them and that's when the genius quote unquote comes out so that's my main passion you know education is not really Anything else, really? I mean, apart from Arsenal and football and uh, video games and those sort of things, then that's, then, then, then that's, that's a different topic. Um, but for this purpose, it's, uh, it's education because I homeschooled my children for two years and uh, in 2016. And during that time, um, it was like a, a huge light bulb because I saw the wealth of information that was out there, how much of it was for free. How much of it was of a really, really high standard? And I was one of those parents who was, you know, wanted to their kids to go to school, get good grades, go to university, do the whole thing. But when I saw what, what was out there and then I saw how my children were able to learn and accelerate their learning, like my daughter was learning Japanese, my son was doing computer science, and they were doing it for hours, and I didn't even have to tell them to start or stop. So I felt that if we can develop schools or education centers based on, on that principle and others as well, like social, emotional well-being, then I think, you know, we can we can make an impact. So, yeah. Brilliant. Thanks very much. That's brilliant. We know all about you now. Um, Isabel. OK. Hi, everybody. I'm just going to put on my camera, too. Ooh, and you, do you see me? Yes, you do. No, not yet. Do. Okay. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name is <laughs> my name is uh, Isabel. I'm from Spain, Valencia. I don't know if you know the region. 
Um, I worked also for a vet school um, here in Spain. It's a vet school specialized in cooking, astronomy, and dietetics, but we also do all the kind of things. Um, and I would say I'm also an English teacher. I've been doing that for many years, um, too. Um, currently, I'm working at the uh, uh, vet school uh, in the international department. We collaborate and we manage two different um, international projects, KA1 and KA2 projects. And so basically my passion, I would say like, I, I completely agree with Gary. Um, my passion is also education. Um, and I think that here in Spain, we also have um, different problems with education. One of that problems is that basically, for example, if we compare vet to vocational education training with, um, I mean, a higher education, for example, university degrees, um, here in Spain is quite, um, it's seen, I don't want to say it's seen um, bad, but yes, uh, vet education is like, it's seen as something which is inferior to, for example, um, higher degrees and at university. And that is a really big problem because here in Spain, we have a really big community of vet schools. Um, and also we are working on this and we are participating in so many European projects um, to improve the quality of vet education. And also to make Don't it... Don't tell us too much, too much about your issues. Save your issues till you get in the room. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. That's um, brilliant. Um, okay. Who else have we got? Agna? Okay. Yes. Okay, thank you. Next. I'll put my camera on also. Just a moment. Can you see me now? Not yet. Yay! <laughs> nice to meet you. I think I haven't seen you, any one of you actually. Yeah, I feel like a little bit. Dad. <laughs> we know you're dad, Preet. <laughs> yes. Um, I feel like a like underdog in this meeting because this meeting is delegated for me, and I don't know much of your activities or your organizations or any any of the projects you've had together. But I would say a few words about myself. I've been working in, actually, okay, for the start, I'm from Estonia. And uh, I've been um, working in this organization called NGO Ecogret. If that name says something to you, is this the okay. right body? What's the Brits organization he's representing? Preet's uh, water theme park. Yeah, okay, pure water theme park. You can tell yeah, us about both, though. You, you can yeah. have two beds. <laughs> okay, yeah, okay. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm representing the pure water theme park today here. Um, but I would like to I would like to tell you about my background. Um, I've been working in the public field in Estonia for almost six years now under the authority of the Ministry of Education and Research. The organization uh, I was working was called Estonian Youth Work Center. So I've been dealing with a youth work project and uh, the youth target group actually for, for almost six years now. But right now, um, I'm actually waiting for another uh, important task in life. I'm having a baby. So right now I'm just taking time off from work so um yeah so my, um most of my tasks um, were um were actually um, connected to supporting for example uh, local municipalities and increasing the um, the the quality of the or, or support, supporting the quality of the youth work services to provide all over estonia 
And uh, more specifically, I think um, um, my work was um, uh, connected to uh, also um, uh, providing and uh, financing better hobby activities for youngsters and all the other like leisure time activities they can do in Estonia. Yeah, but my background actually is from um, health promotion and communication and PR. So that's what I've been doing in life for for seven and more years. So that's Brilliant. that's. Thank you. Um, I should just add that um, um, Agna is representing Preet. Preet I've known for many years and he has the most amazing water theme park in Estonia where they look at um, the environment, climate change and he hosts a lot of European uh, young people who actually go to stay there for quite a length of time and they learn all sorts of skills like orienteering and what we call outward bound skills so it's about developing them for the future for the environment um, but also developing their educational needs as well so that's mm -hmm. that's a bit about Preet um, Giovanni yeah that's the reason why he's here at the moment because he's sorry the group. yeah okay Brilliant. Yeah. Uh, where's Giovanni? Giovanni. You're muted. <laughs> uh, can you hear comes. me? I can hear you, yes. Uh, can you see me? Not yet, no. You're coming in a minute. There no? he is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Great. So, um, I have my own small company, which is called Vianet, and uh, uh, we partner with uh, other European organizations and companies like uh, university departments or uh, <clears throat> Re uh, research and innovation organizations um, to to write proposals for funding in the, uh, in the European Union um, because the, <clears throat> there is a very large program which is called Horizon 2020 which will uh, end up uh, the next two months but there is also another seven year program starting from january next year which is called horizon europe um, with an approved budget of uh, more than 100 billion euros <laughs> so in the next seven years, uh, we will uh, partner with uh, <clears throat> European uh, companies and organizations li like yours um, to create new uh, proposal in the social, cultural uh, environment, uh, you name it. Eh? 
uh, there is a lot of money available, but you, we also need to write high quality proposals because uh, there is a lot of competitions. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> just to give you an idea, uh, sometimes um, <clears throat> only five proposals have been funded on almost 100 proposals. So you see, it's, it's, not, uh, it's not so easy. Huh? No. Uh, what, what is important is the quality of the proposal, um, partners, and uh, the solutions that we, we propose. Now, um, what we do, we, we, are, uh, we have experience and capacities in communications and uh, digital services, which means uh, to use uh, uh, new uh, technologies like uh, interactive uh, or immersive technologies, for instance, in museums where you can have uh, <clears throat> additional information while you look at uh, paintings or sculptures or other cultural goods. Um, we have already had funding on the past European projects and now, as I said, uh, we are looking for <clears throat> new partners uh, to, to submit uh, new uh, original and innovation projects to the European community. Okay. Um, yes. And uh, now I, I'm looking for partners in uh, any country in Europe. So if you have any idea, just write me uh, an email and I will... Uh, we will uh, start discussion about the venture cooperation. Okay. Well, we were going to break out into into different rooms, but just from what you've said so far, um, nearly everybody except Giovanni and me are uh, we're into strategy, um, and most of everybody else is into education. Does everybody agree? Is that is that right? So so um, writing bids, which is what Giovanni and I do, and and Alan collaborates with me on bids as well. Um, everybody else is on education, but you will need to access funding. I'm guessing, because nobody could do anything without funding. So. Um, what I'm going to suggest is that we have a room for education where you can start to ask each other some questions about what is it that's stopping you, what is it you're going to have to do to get through the virus, how is it going to affect you, your organisation, your young people or adult, adults if you're teaching adults, 
so what is it you would need to look at? What is working now? What is good and what is not so good? So where are you going to put your energy? We've got maybe, uh, I reckon, a year, two years before the world gets back to what we thought we were doing before. So we should probably use this time to look at if we're looking at, for instance, at education. What are we doing that's good? And I see lots of European projects on um, innovation. And I come away from each one thinking, I wish I could have done more. It's still not good enough. We're, we're failing young people. That's my belief from from doing all these different European projects. We're failing them because we're either not producing quality or we're not. It's not fit for purpose. So what that's what I'd like to pose to you for you to go get together as an educational room and start to discuss how you how you think we could start to to develop some pathways. What do we which which bits can we um, can we look at now? Uh, which are probably too big for us because it's down to the politicians to come up with what will they will fund. And I throw something else in. For you to think about. We always seem to be reactive. We're reacting to what Europe tells us they want to fund. We're not always being asked what we think needs funding. Is that a valid question? And if so, how can we put that forward? How can we get how can we get them to see that we are always or not always doing what we think we could be doing? passionate about learning and development and quality and I see some terrible rubbish <laughs> learning and development and I think why can't we do better why you know we've got all the tools and the techniques why can't we do it better than we do do it so those are the kind of questions or you can discuss what you think what do you think is wrong with education at the moment OK, uh, Keith hasn't made it in, I see. No. And Roy's not here. In. Um, I did just get um, admit Stefan to it, but they seem to have left as well. I don't know where they've gone. Oh, OK, well, uh, they would have been perhaps not quite so much in education. They would have been more strategists, but we go with what we have. So could we put um, Agna, uh, Gary? Sahan, Isabel, Alan, you yourself. I'll just listen because I don't want to be. I don't want to be imposing my views. I want you to come up with what your views are. And Giovanni, I think if you you join that, that group as well, I think with your bid writing um, abilities, uh, you might be able to put in. Um, your input in um, what is a, what makes a successful bid? So I think I think really what we should also look at is um, what each individual 
problems there are in each country, in each section, in each sector. So if you're looking at vocational education, how can we make it more, um, more viable? What can we move forward with it? How can we move forward with it? So just to put it out there, what would everybody's perception be of making education better and 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 getting the results at the end of it all how would how would we all do that which way would we do that when when could we do that and how could you do that mm. okay and that's the that's the blue sky thinking so, so i mean i i think to be honest i think gary's got the, the a, a really good way forward with his some of his ideas that he's looking at moving forward with it um and i just think moving in where, where gary's going and what agner and, and preet can do they can move forward together with putting things in place to make it a vocational qualification and getting the accreditation set up for it uh -huh. and then and then i think to be honest with you i think giovanni giovanni can come in and say well we can support you with this bid we can support you with that bid um, moving forward with the uh, Horizon Europe that starts in January next year. I, I, yeah, I do understand that with Brexit, it's going to be a tough one. But I also think that the way with what Gary's got, that that could be really useful for Agna and maybe Isabel as well to, mm -hmm. to progress what Valencia and Spain and, and, and Estonia are doing too. So I don't know, maybe maybe that's a good starting point. What do you think, Gary? Yeah, that sounds that sounds that sounds brilliant. Um, you know, I'm always happy to sort of talk and expand on what we can do. Um, we're quite flexible here. We're just we're basically just like starting up, really. Um, but you know, I'm all ears, and it's I think it's about being fluid to sort of start off with, as opposed to sort of being really structured, and then trying to get some fl fluidity sort of afterwards. If you're sort of quite open and willing to sort of take some stuff and, and, and lose some stuff, then I think it can work. So, yeah, definitely. I agree. OK, so 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 Sirhan, when you when you get your students that come in, is there a specific age for your students or can it, is it any age that they can learn? You need to unmute, Sirhan. Uh, our students are between the age 14 and 18. Uh, after the secondary school, they have uh, they have some sort of exams, and if they want, they can come and study at our school. We have two departments. One is food and beverage. The, the other one is uh, front desk and housekeeping. And our students do their uh, well, uh, compulsory internship for five months in the summer season. And yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And Isabel is your hospitality and catering, aren't you, Isabel? Yes, we are exactly. We are a vet school specialized in cooking, astronomy and dietetics. We offer different, uh, basically, um, like uh, intermediate and higher degree. Like in Spain, it's called uh, Grado Superior Grado Medio. 
Um, and yes, our students start from 16 years old, but we also offer like, I mean, it's also for adult education. So we have students that maybe are 45, for example. Um, so we have a wide range there of uh, students. So you're doing adult education as well? Yes, yes. Okay. I mean, most of the students, um, obviously, are um, most of them are 16 to, I would say, 22, 23 years old. But yes, we do have other students which are um, adults already. Yes. Okay. I just want to throw one more thing in, um, because there were some ladies in Spain who couldn't come um, today, um, but they asked me could I make sure we didn't forget about the third sector? The third sectors, charities, trusts, um, anybody working in the community on community type projects. Um, because this, the, the virus has badly, badly hit the uh, third sector, as we call it in the UK, because they go out and run events so they can't raise any money um they're totally dependent on community and the community can't meet it can't um collaborate it can't communicate um so they've said if you've got people there from the third sector we would like to get together with them and discuss some of the issues that we've got around um funding for the third sector Okay, so do we need to go into another room then, Alan, or are we all right as we are? I, I think, to, to be honest with you, I think we should just, instead of confusing the matter and maybe losing one or two that um, with their internet connections, I think if we just stay where we are and just discuss what we need to. Okay, I'm going to shut up then now because it's up to you. Your yeah. agenda, <laughs> not mine. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Okay. So I'm, I'm I'm interested in um, Agna really. I think um, Agna is. Um, what type of education is it that you're going to do? In in which way do you have like vocational education in Estonia? Well, it's it's um, okay. I'm talking about this uh, pure water thing for uh, topic right now, right? You're in, yeah. interested. Yeah. Um, uh, it's not exactly the vocational education. It's more like non-formal education. Um, it means that uh, there are certain like programs that we offer for our clients, but uh, and they're also uh, accredited and uh, recognized. They're not formal, but uh, they are part of uh, formal education uh, classes, for example, for pupils. And uh, that actually, uh, Brit is uh, welcoming a lot of uh, high school students and also uh, secondary school and also primary school students um, in our uh, in our pure water theme park. And also, there are programs for adults, but uh, they are more or less non-formal. So, would you be looking at moving to a more formal side? Would you be looking to get like um, Euro European accreditation? Uh, yeah, it's complicated. I, I think it takes time. But right now, I know that Brit is in the process of uh, maybe creating a hobby school that is also non-formal, 
but it's more formal than just, uh, for example, um, doing like hobby activities only, like occasionally for for clients that order the service. So it depends. I think it's possible, but it takes time to get the credited. Can I? Can I? Sorry, I said I wouldn't speak, didn't I? Um, can I? Can I just say that Europe's thinking? Uh, this is at the top level of the commissioners are looking at accrediting non-formal education. Uh, they're also uh, and have been for some time interested in what they call blended learning. Mm -hmm. So it's some formal and some informal, mm -hmm. but the, the students get accreditation uh, yes. for the package. Um, I think you could be thinking about that. Yeah, actually, this is um, because I worked in the ministry as well, or in that field. So I know this is really big, big target in Estonia, in Estonia right now to cohere those uh, topics or connect the non-formal and formal, and to understand that there are so many similarities that they, they can take an advantage, advantage of, like if you're connecting those two. And right now, also in, as I said, in our Pure Water theme park programs, uh, uh, programs are built up the way that they can support the formal curriculums. And the uh, pupils get credited for them. They come with their teachers and they learn active, active way. Okay. So, so I think, where do you get the funding for that, Agna? Uh, the funding comes actually from the state, mostly. Uh, the Ministry of um, Environment, Environment usually provides the funding because most of the projects are, um, are about nature and how to survive in nature and biology and chemistry and everything. So. They, the schools have to apply for the funding and if they get the positive result, then they get to come to visit us. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's so really yeah, interesting. So I, th I think I think with Agnon and Preet, what they're doing is uh, somewhat similar to um, the Eden Project. Um, I don't know if Agnon and Preet have been aware of the Eden Project. The Eden Project started in the UK Ooh, 20, 30 years ago, and uh, it's where they've done the biomes, but it is literally um, run by volunteers. So volunteers actually work in there, and they do have their own school. Um, but with the current situation at the minute, it is not um, really surviving very well because it's classed as an indoor area because of the biomes. Um, so yeah, so the Eden Project. I mean, they're they're online, so you can you know edenproject.co.uk they, they're really great to get some ideas from and they like working with European partners um, all about different things like that so that's they, they're quite good at that so yeah so that's really interesting but it's like Sahan Sahan and, and are yours accredited um, your qualifications are the European accredited or they just your area where they're accredited I think it's only in Estonia yeah but yeah, I think it's in only in Estonia because the problems are in Estonian. 
Oh, okay. So, Sahani, are your qualifications um, accredited by your area or are they European or, or is it just your government? Uh, by you mean uh, you mean our school or yeah our, our school is uh, is a governmental school we have the formal education here okay so so w when you're teaching things could your students take that to another European country and it still be viable or is it literally just within your country that you can use that qualification I see. Uh, so, just in our country, they can use their accreditation. Uh, they get, so, they, yeah. Would you not be looking at doing it European wide so you can actually get it upon the European frameworks? Yes. Uh, and also, when they graduate from our school, they, they get a, a certificate. Uh, financial certificate that they can uh, use abroad okay okay that's perfect and and i think isabel's yours are um european uh funded and accredited aren't they hi ellen um hi <laughs> yes uh but here it also works a little bit better a little bit uh different because uh for example at least in our school um, when the students get the degree, I mean, the, the official accreditation and the credit points and the conversion, that's basically, we have to check with the Ministry of Culture and Education here in Spain, which is La Consellería de Educación. Um, they are the ones who set the guidelines here, and yeah. they are the ones who basically tell us, um, like, the curriculum for our students, what uh, type of subjects do we have to include. Um, so it's, in that sense, yes we do have um, a more um, European like sort of accreditation system. But still, uh, we have had, like in general here in Spain, complaints about students in vet schools that the accreditation is not really clear sometimes. Others have said that maybe, depending on the European country they were going or they were moving abroad, um, maybe it was not of use. Or, or it was not um, like we couldn't find an equivalent maybe in the um, country they were they are going to, for example. Um, so it's, it's like you were saying, um, it's it's complicated many times to also uh, find equivalents. And also we don't have like, for example, um, talking about a vet, there's not like a unified credit system for all the European countries, you know, so that's also a problem because there should be a sort of, um, yes, unified or just uni a more, I don't know, if universal uh, kind of accreditation that it doesn't matter whether you're going to, uh, I don't know, it doesn't matter the, kind, the type of country, European country you're going, that it should be valid and authentic. Because I mean, you have to, you have been spending a um, couple of years or maybe three or four years of studying. And I mean, that should be uh, recognized not only yeah, on a yeah. national level, but internationally. I mean, <laughs> so yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're in, we're in your court, uh, Isabel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is what we we are saying that because we had vocational education before we had um, the European qualifications framework, uh, the UK was automatically lifted 
and put into the European uh, framework. Mm. We, they just lifted all our qualifications and put them into European qualifications. So ours are accredited and ours are assessed. Now, all the different countries went a different way. And I think uh, from one of our first projects some 20 years ago, Alan, we did qualifying on the spot. Yeah. Which was about getting people accredited immediately. So they present their evidence that says they can do this or have done this. And as long as it's recent and it's valid, um, we can assess it and we can say, here you are, that's a level two, a level three, whatever, in the European framework. Um, that has been, uh, let's say it's almost been put on the back burner. It's not, it's not even done so much in the UK as it should be. Um, I know Alan automatically does it in his training company. Um, I have automatically can do it for management and leadership. Um, but wherever we travel around Europe and we ask them, have you heard about accreditation of prior learning? They go, uh, what? <laughs> they don't even know it exists. Um, and it's a shame because it would be a way of getting people qualified much quicker and getting the skills that they need, transferable skills, for the future after the pandemic. We need to get people qualified quicker so they don't waste time doing what they already know. We give them the accreditation and they move on. Yeah, I think so I that's think, I think that's with everything a bit of my that, passion. Yeah, I think I think within within the UK, um, every qualification that is out there, um, it will always be one level higher in the in Europe. So if we're going to be doing a, a level two English uh, functional skills, it will automatically be classed as a level three within Europe. So uh, part of the awarding process within the UK is, is that once you have got a qualification that is up and running, it will then be passed over to Europe and Europe will put it to one level above what we're delivering at. And that's just the way we do it in the UK. I mean, the UK at the minute, we are we are looking more at uh, APL accredited prior learning. Um, there is a, a, a new system that is looking at starting for accredited prior learning and, and that will be done as um, on a funding part. So if you're going to get funding for a qualification, let's say for, I don't know, £1,000 for a qualification, but the learner's already done a certain section of that learning, then your funding band will come down. So what you're finding at the minute is they're finding that education companies are not saying that these individuals have already done it because they will lose part of their budget for delivery of funding. But what will happen at the minute is majority of the qualifications within the UK are set. You will do this and you will only do this once. So once one individual has completed a qualification, a mandatory unit will automatically go on to the next qualification so it will automatically come as accredited prior learning anyway so that's what they're looking to do whether they will roll that out imminently i don't know 
we just got to wait and see. There is also another uh, way of tackling education, and that is to write your own competencies. If you feel that something is not being covered, um, there's no reason why you can't write your own learning outcomes and get them accepted. And that is what our last project, Cooking at Sea, was supposed to be. It was supposed to be getting the competencies, proving that they could be assessed, getting them accredited into the European Qualifications Framework, and that would then have been accepted by all the 28 countries. Because once it's in the European Framework, then all the countries in the EU will accept it as a, as a European qualification. And that is the sadness of what didn't happen. See, the, I think I think what people don't realise as well is that with the UK having such a large um, portfolio of training and education courses, every accredited qualification is already in Europe that we can deliver. So when Europe say, oh, you know, we're looking for innovational things and new things and new qualifications, it's quite hard because with the UK having such a vast majority of training courses, parts of them are already in Europe. So the likes of Agnes and Isabel, we could say to you, you could deliver I don't know, um, a, a landscaping qualification or a, a diploma in professional cookery at level three. And you can deliver that through our centre because we've got European accreditation. So maybe that could be another way of, of doing different things. And that's when then Giovanni will come in and Giovanni can go, well, I'll write a bid for Agna to do this amount of training. And then Agni can come to me and say, Alan, can you can we deliver this through your centre? Maybe. I don't know. It's just it's just the different ways, the different issues that we're having within the education sector, whether it's the current situation that we're in, whether it's um, other other things, Brexit's happening or other areas in your own countries. How would how would we get around it? What can we do? to make it flow, make it easier and make education come alive again like it used to be. Could I just jump in there, um, Alan? Um, yes, sir. Just thank you. Just just so I can sort of explain to everybody um, what our what my sort of vision is. Um, educate first. Um, the website is educatefirst.net. This edu K A T E F for Freddie and the number one R S T. I'll put it in the chat or, or something. Um, but basically what our vision is is to facilitate and develop, like I said before, centers. But these centers are not just standalone, you know, buildings that are just, you know, in somewhere in, in some area. What we want to do is find out what the community needs so if the community you know needs you know like young people in five to ten years to be really good at mathematics or computers or art or whatever it is whichever the, whichever direction the, the community wants to go then we'll facilitate 
programs for that and then we'll you know sort of get children in that are really interested in that and then for them to sort of join in and then go really deep on that so it's not just turning up and then just you know developing a center or a school and then saying here's what we're doing take it or leave it it's about community it's about connecting with the community and so so where are you with that then what, what's right holding now, you back now what's holding you back this very minute from doing it next monday just funding really uh -huh. um, you know like we've got we've got we've got we've got the um we've got mm. you know we've got our framework um you know we know what how we want to deliver it you know i've got basically if we're going to be delivering so english and maths uh, there's like a program called IXL, and there, um, maths and English is like um, accepted, so it's like national curriculum standard in, in the UK, and parts of either maths or English are accepted in like Spain, Italy, um, the US, Canada, and so on. So different parts are like at that recognised level. Uh, the computer science will be delivering that via computers so those are computers that you can build in like five minutes has full internet access um, and you do like programs on there and there's already like uh, lesson plans with that and then the cookery skills are something that you know is really interesting what Isabella was saying because that's something that we were thinking to have maybe at the, the back end of the day or a different part so the only really thing that's really stopping us is uh, like like partners if you like you know where we can actually go and do this and then obviously you know the funding to sort of get everything um up and running so that's that's really it really brilliant brilliant so the only other thing stopping you then is brexit and what happens on the 31st of december yeah exactly so you it's, could have uh, accessed european funding um, yeah, like now yeah, I mean, like I'm like one year too late, I suppose, really, or sort of two years too late. Um, but we are where we are. I mean, what's what's good about it is that it's it's a concept as well, and it's a mindset. So it's about you know wherever we go, it's about saying to the people that are there, there is a different way of delivering information because we have to accept that we can't educate children like i don't believe that's possible like i can't give someone an education i can give them information and i can deliver it in a very very high standard but if the person wants to take that further then that's where the education starts because i can just keep giving giving and giving but if, 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 if there's no interest there then it's just going to just go straight over someone's head you know so um the education wherever we go you know the partners that we want to connect with are, are those that are willing to sort of put their heads above the surface and you know take a lot of criticism because we're looking to do it in a completely different way because the education system as a whole is not going to change anytime soon it's going to be about 100 maybe 200 years before any anything really really changes so we have to do it small but we have to do it often there has to be lots of it that's going in the same direction and, and that's what we want to do didn't you also talk about doing it somewhere as a pilot study yeah so you i was talking to and you said i'm looking for somewhere where you could do a pilot study of this 
yeah so that's the first step the first step is to sort of run it as a pilot maybe like a sort of three to six months project anywhere and then you know we just run it on a really really basic level computer science um health and well-being cookery um english and maths we do it for sort of six months we have maybe 40 45 students and then we just rinse and repeat and then we just gather the data and then just re reflect as as we're going on and see what's working work with the students and and their parents and see what's working and then after that before it comes to an end we'll know whether this is going to work and how much we need to change and and so on so that's the first idea the first idea or, or the first part is to do it as a project as as a pilot but you know i haven't got a problem setting up a school based on that either so how would you how would you accredit your school if you want it to be a center of, of excellence uh what's the framework that you're using well if i if i use what we would do in the uk if we were going to be a school we'd have to go to be like like a free school yeah, yeah. Um, that's 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 the only way because then you don't have to sort of go by the national curriculum we can sort of set our own agenda um in 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 that way but obviously we would we're looking at you know um possibly sort of ha having a connection with city and guilds um you know sort of doing because they provide things um that are accredited in in that way um sorry it's my son he's playing video games right next to me um, <laughs> um so there's that but like i said um i excel their maths and english is a is is recognized at national curriculum level so whether I, I don't know who the body would it be pearson that would recognize that but then pearson could even jump in and help us deliver that it's just a concept first and foremost um and then the computer programming um you know i like i said like, i i excel deliver that but again we can get people to you know like a, a body to come and have a look and see what the uh what the syllabus is and, and lesson plans and see and see what it is and then give an accreditation and for that so i don't think it's, it's going to be too hard to get that they, but they will do that they will be interested in selling whatever it is that you've developed that's what we found we developed something that was uh original it wasn't already being de delivered and we went to an awarding body and said what do you think and they said oh yeah we'll take it off you we'll market it all but actually yeah. we won't involve you and we thought well you know this is our this is our baby why would we hand our baby over to you and we don't know what you're going to do with it yeah. um so it, there's a blockage straight away and i've seen your vision document and it's good <laughs> it says believe me it's it's a good vision document and it, it needs to be done to go somewhere um but those are the kind of issues that you you're going to have to face unless you start it in a different country that doesn't have quite the same um dogmatic uh, attitude to education yeah i mean that's the thing. one of the african countries didn't you yeah so we've got a chap um in nigeria and he's um sort of moving a few things around to see if we can get a project a, a pilot um out out there um people that he's spoken to are, are very interested interested in it but obviously Nigeria is going through its own uh, upheaval at the moment, so I don't think the timing is 
ideal right now, but obviously things can change very quickly. Um, but again, you know, like I said, it's a it's it's a concept um, in and of itself. So you know, anywhere, Estonia, Spain, Italy, anywhere, um, because it's about changing how people view education, and it's really it's really for children because. I've spoken to children at primary and secondary school level and I've asked children, I said, if you could study one subject all day, every day, do you have something that you want to do? And a lot of them have said, yep. They're like, yeah, I could do maths all day. I could do English all day. And then I've spoken to their own teachers and asked them the same question. Do you have students that you know from nine until three, all they want to do is maths? And there's teachers that say, yeah, I've got five or six that just don't want to do anything else apart from that. My little grandson's so, like yeah. that. He, he yeah. only wants to do maths. The rest of the schooling he's not interested in. He just yeah. wants to do maths all day long. Yeah, yeah. so you're right there. I just want to stop you a minute because I want to introduce yeah. Robin, who's joined us. Um, Robin's based in the UK, um, down in Bristol. Yes. Unmute yourself, Robin, and tell us about yourself. Sure. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm late. I had trouble manipulating Microsoft Teams. Um, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm here now. Um, I've never had I've had meetings on Zoom and plenty, but and, and Skype. But uh, this is my first time on Microsoft Teams. I had the program, but I've never used it. Um, anyway, um, yes, um, I um, my company is uh, called Searchlighter. Um, and uh, yeah, we're based in Bristol and we've been going for about uh, 10 years now. Um, predominantly, um, our, our involvement has been as a partner in um, KA2 projects in Erasmus+. Um, we, we, in the early years, we did a range of different stuff, but um, you know, in, in different programs, Daphne, um, we had a project um, and some uh, individual contracts that we had with um, a Bulgarian government um, research information network in, in London. Um, but uh, a lot of our work, certainly in the recent years, has been in uh, Erasmus Plus KA2. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, a, a range of subject areas, really. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously with Erasmus Plus, all linked together with uh, education and training. Um, but uh, qu quite a focus in recent projects on disability um, and um, disability rights in the workplace, really. Um, involved in a project at the moment on um, health and safety and ensuring health and safety practice for um, deaf people and uh, people with hearing loss. Um, and, um, you know, the, the training element is really about uh, giving, um, uh, it's actually about uh, creating a sign vocabulary um, that uh, can be applied by uh, companies that can uh, uh, use in um, in the workplace, um, uh, learning a few simple signs that will assist visual communication um, with uh, with deaf people. Um, and uh, right now, uh, just uh, starting a kickoff meeting um, uh, yesterday um, and and on Monday um, for a new project that I'm starting, which is on um, development of a community enterprise. Um, uh, for young people, um, so it's about creating um, an ethic in these. Um, on the, we're in the COVID times, really, in the sense of how the economy is going to be shifting and moving, um, and it's about trying to 
um, give a, a, a kick um, to the um, uh, the application of uh, community enterprise as a, a way of um, future development of economic activity, really, um, as the economic sands shift around a little bit and hospitality airlines are all moving away and, um, you know, people look to think about um, what they can be. And, you know, with, with, with so many job losses in hospitality, some of which won't come back, um, that's a challenge that especially young people are going to be facing. So um, it's particularly um, valuable, I think, for, um, it, I think it's, not exclusively aimed at young people, but it is kind of, it, that's the focus really, that's the main beneficiary target group is um, 18 to 34, I think. So yeah, that's okay. a little bit about me. That's brilliant. I did, I did say to them earlier on that there were some ladies that I've done some projects with in Spain who couldn't come today, but they said, whatever you do, will you put the third sector into the pot because we feel that the third sector is going to lose out probably more than the public sector or the private sector because they will have lost millions in the last uh, year or so of the, the virus um, because they can't get out and do their fundraising activities um, and the lockdown anyway as far as the community is concerned. So they said, would you, would you please pop that into the pot and say if anybody's got any ideas on how we move forward then um, we'd like to be part of the next um, the next discussion yeah um, you there is somebody that should have come this morning but I don't I think he was having problems getting in um, he is doing um, disabilities um, uh, and uh, he he's doing some fine work but he's actually finding it quite difficult to get going himself uh, as an organization he's he's come from a background of the public sector um and being quite highly thought of in the public sector but i think he got a bit frustrated with the way things weren't moving fast enough um and he's he's set up himself but i've tried to involve him in a couple of things but but nothing that's earning any money and um, that's what he needs to do because it's all right us having all these wonderful this wonderful vision of what we want to do and how we would make things change but if we can't support ourselves then we're not sustainable mm -hmm. um, and I know that to my cost over the last 20 years if you added up what I've earned mm -hmm. I would have earned 10 times that much in the private sector or the public sector or I mean, even in the NHS <laughs> I mean, one thing that I was um, thinking about, really, so that we're not all trying to reinvent the wheel and we can be a kind of mutual support. You know, I mean, one obvious, in, you know, emergency lifeboat for the kind of European situation as a whole and Brexit um, is um, registration in Ireland. Um, because it's not complicated, I don't think, as it happens, you know, but, but I think you know, if, if, you know, you've got a nice network of people going, Christine, and if we're all learning, the, you know, the same curve, that's kind of crazy. You know, we can all kind of, you know, learn a little bit and exchange the information. And, you know, uh, maybe we can, I don't know, there's a way of finding a mutual address where we can register, you know, the... I've been, I've been working on that, Robin, and I've got... Yeah, you really? Splendid. Well, you know, I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're all in the same game. I mean, there's absolutely no 
function in us kind of gaining knowledge and not sharing it you know i i think that is something that you know we should you know really consider because um it's an obvious route for all of us really you know because i i think you know ireland is the obvious one for a whole raft of reasons the three most obvious being you know the common language you know the relative ease for registering an enterprise compared to say France where you know it's a labyrinth all of its own um, um, and the fact that it's geographically next door um, you know that there are a hundred reasons I think you know for you know going uh, going in there um, and um, yeah have you got I, a contact there I've got I've got a contact in two two contacts in Dublin uh who uh said uh sure come here um we've got premises in dublin um it's just the we just need an address really i mean it's the, not it's not it's, about it's actually, feel, you feel you've turned your back on your own country don't you you feel as though in fact people have said to me in the brexit well if that's the way you feel clear off we don't need you go somewhere else well uh, i don't think it's even as that's my country <laughs> Christine, I don't think it's even as complicated as that because I mean, you we, we, you can you can register in Ireland. You don't have to go there. No, you, no, no. I, know, you know, I mean, I it's know. just a matter of having an address where you can register. You know, um, a a kind of secondary kind of extension to your own organisation. Yes. Um, you know, and, and you know, and and do the do the equivalent. You know, letting the the equivalent of Companies House in Ireland know you're doing what you're doing um i think they um you know the uh, as i you know and i'm i'm a little bit hazy on the audit side in terms of the finances you know i think it's a little bit more straightforward here but it's not onerous alan's a bit worried uh, about the tax situation he thinks he might end up paying tax twice uh, <laughs> because agnes father said to me why don't we come to estonia because for 200 euros you can register your company in estonia um, yeah. and yeah. estonia seems to be a um a vibrant little country to me it's uh it's got a lot going for it including my friendship with preet um who's been telling me for ages i need to go to estonia mm. um, so yes you're right it's just i'm just at my age i'm thinking do i really need to do this extra step it's, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I, I know it would be a heck of a lot simpler if we didn't have to do it. But you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm prepared to. Um, it well, would, can I it, come with you then? Can I come in your luggage? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't. I mean, as I said, you know, you do, it's not like we have to go there. It's just a matter of pulling no, out the admin, no. isn't it? And, and you know, I mean, getting. I mean, one of the things to do, it's the simplest thing in the world in a way, but is, is but having an address. And if you've got a contact where they're happy to for us to kind of use their address, you know, and maybe we can, I don't know, pay them a small stipend, you know, each year, you know, for the um, for, yeah. for the trouble, you know, because they might have to forward mail on to us every now and again. We can pay them a, a kind of a small service charge. Yeah. You know? I don't get much postal mail. I don't know about you. I don't get anything. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't mind paying. Only companies have. 
we're, we're just said there's some, there's some quite interesting comments in the chat section as well of the of the group there. I think Agnes just put in there about the e-residency that's uh, available in Estonia. Yeah, I'm just, I've just been telling Robin about it. I said the only thing is Alan's worried about the paying the double tax. I'm not paying the tax with any more money than I need to. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I think the Estonian one, I, I, I think that is, uh, it, it, it doesn't allow for the formal um, establishment of, of an organisation in the sense of being registered, you know, in the equivalent of company's house or something like that. It just allows, it just allows a, a, only uh, voting um, procedure. Estonia is the only one that you use your identity card now to vote. That was oh. on the news the other night, and I thought, oh, that's another plus for Estonia if I go there. Sorry? That's actually really convenient. We don't have to leave our houses. And that's really fast as well. Yeah. They were talking about the American system, and it came up about Estonia, and I thought, well, there we are. They're ahead of us all. So, what you think? What are you thinking, Alan? Are we are we for the off? Well, I'm just I'm just thinking of of, of seeing if if there is anything else that anybody wants to um, get off their chest, or can we support anybody in any way? The, the, the idea of how we were looking for it to work is is we would create a little poll or a little feedback uh, session that we would email out to everybody. Um, what will also happen as well is is once this the meeting here has ended, um, probably in half an hour's time, 20 minutes time, you will get an email to say that you have a stream video available to you because as, as Christine did rightly say before that we are recording the, the video so you don't miss out on anything. So um, this will be shared with everybody that's been in the meeting so you can recap on the whole meeting and 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 see go back get email addresses and, and 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 different things like that i mean there are a few little bits on the chat section there where um i've just put up there our facebook page our whatsapp group page agnes put in there about the e-residency which is all information there that we can get uh, to each other why well, don't get to chat then um just on the top there there's a there's a two person top and then next to it there's a little bubble it looks like a speech bubble right on the top of the uh, event and it's, it's just literally the chat chat section there and um, if you wish i'll show you my screen i can't I'll, see that i'll share my screen it, with you so you can it's, see it's a it's at the bottom i think the so for me, it is literally just here. If everybody can see my screen, there's a little button there that says conversation. So that's the conversation. And then you get to raise your hand if you have a question, but we don't want to raise your hand. So just de-raise that. So yeah, that's what it is just there. With mine, Christine, it's at the bottom, actually. It's... Yeah, I can see the hand. No, I think there's, it's, it's a bubble. It's a kind of speech bubble. Yeah, it's like a little speech bubble I've, next to the hand. I've got one of those on Zoom, but I can't see it here. There's a speech bubble next to the hand. Is that? Oh, right. Is it under more actions? Um, well, it's just uh, on mine. It's just to the right of the hand. No, I haven't got nothing on mine. <laughs> so you have the hands on the far right, is it? Yeah, I've got the hand up at the top. It yeah, says raise your hand. next to it? And then there's, a, there's three 
uh, dots next, and it says more. On the other side, mine's on the other side of the three dots of the hand. They're, they're oh, the mine's three... video then. If you put your, the, your, the cursor over it, it says show conversation. That's correct. No, I haven't got one of them. That's I've got to share content and I've got mute a video, more actions, but there's nothing on there about conversations or chat. So how many icons do you have? I have seven. Um, I've got six. Oh, yeah, okay. I've been cheated. I'm going to have a refund on my. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so missing digits. Has, has anybody else got anything to add? Is there anything that people want to get out of it? Poor Giovanni's been really quiet there, and hope he's been taking notes and can understand what we're, Giovanni, what we're saying. He takes a yeah. lot of notes. <laughs> That's fine. As long as, so, as long as, as long as people are going to get something out of what we've discussed today or what we are discussing. And then you, you know we'll look do it again. Do do you think this yeah. this kind of session is helpful? Definitely. Um, I I would definitely like to sort of catch up with Isabella and uh, Agnes um, to sort of talk about possibly sort of connecting and doing something together. And even and, and uh, I think, think to be honest with you as well, Gary, I think Giovanni to 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 support your bids. Yeah. Maybe within Europe to work with, uh, or or even if Giovanni supports Isabella uh, to do a bid involving you as well, but for 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 Isabella, I, I don't know. You know, maybe there's different ways and means around things. And then you've yeah. got Robin, who's down down here by me. You can, you know, maybe work with Giovanni and 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 and, and all the rest as well. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yes, sir. Can I can I suggest to uh, put in the chat our email addresses so yeah. that we we can change some idea because I, uh, the reason why I, I was quiet <laughs> is that uh, I had an idea how to involve uh, one of you in my international projects but uh, <clears throat> it's not as simple, eh? because yeah. uh, there are a lot of subjects, a lot of calls, a lot of needs, and uh, before we decide to to uh, to join as a partner, we we have to uh, <clears throat> uh, think about it and. Uh, to, to evaluate uh, how and what and why, <laughs> mm. so to answer all, all, a lot of questions. And that takes so, time, doesn't it? Yeah, it takes, it we takes tried time. to do a project, but we didn't. We ran out of time, didn't we? It was too. Uh, that would have been good, but um, we just can didn't just have the time to develop it. Um, yeah. Can I just also say as well? Once the, this meeting is finished, you will still be able to access the chat. Then once you've accessed the chat, you, you, you will be able to um, see our mm. Facebook page there, the links there to go on to the International Learning Facebook page, and also the WhatsApp group there is, is there as well. So if you're not a member, please join, please come over to us. Uh, 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 and then we can, you know, we can still keep in contact. And then when we do the next event, we can send the invite out to, uh, uh, on each of those groups, I think, Christine. What do you think? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I agree. I think that um, in that Facebook international learning, I don't think much of it because it keeps telling me that somebody's been on there and notified, but it doesn't tell you who and it doesn't give you any way of contacting them. Uh, I don't know whether it's something we've got in the settings that isn't quite right. Not sure. I need to look I into that. I think the WhatsApp group is better. Um, yeah. But we've got we've got a few people on there who just think about themselves. They're not thinking about um, collaborating. They're just thinking about what can they get out of it. So um, I just think that the time now has to be used for what are we going to do when life does start to get back to some kind of normality again? Um, and we yeah. have to be ready for it, ready to go. Yeah. Um, Alan, Christine, can I point out something too? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I would like to answer back also Gary and Giovanni. Um, I would love to do that, um, to collaborate and just continue uh, talking about this. And also I think uh, this session um, is really important and what we have achieved just um, debating and just uh, saying out, I mean, our worries um, in our um, countries i think that's really important and it's a way to improve uh, teaching learning the quality also um and i would like to say uh because what gary was uh, previously saying i think what he pointed out um we have the same problem here in spain with uh, dogmatic approaches to um learning and to teaching um so i think that's a really good point that he made because here we have the same problem um, it's really here uh, to introduce work-based learning as scenarios. So, for example, just anything which is not a formal education or teaching per se, the old way of doing learning. Um, here we have a big problem with that because at least, um, well, I don't want to say the government, but maybe just the national boards or just, uh, yes, they are not really prone to... Um, um, other, uh, like he said, other ways of delivering information, other approaches to teaching. I mean, there are thousands, thousands of methodologies and different ways, also the skills, the way students learn is not the same. So I think that's a really, really good point. And I would love to continue um, debating on that because I think Spain could be, I don't want to say much better because it's my own country, but in that sense, um, it's a really rigid and not flexible uh, teaching way. Um, so we need to open minds to everybody. And I think uh, the key here is changing mindsets. I think that's the concept we need to apply, changing the people who are. So, yeah. Oh, she's my girl. She's my girl. <laughs> <laughs> she read my final report, Alan. <laughs> I did, I did. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Sorry. But I mean, just, just, just to just to recap what you just said there, Isabel, is is looking at the last project that we, we we were just doing together. I just think there was a lot of mindsets that needed changing, that people were setting their old old ways of doing things, and and I, I really do think I do think that's right. I, I mean, I think you know, going in with Gary there doing the, the homeschooling and 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 doing you know. What does the what does the individuals want to learn? It's not a case of this is what you've got to learn. What do you want to learn? How do you want to learn it? And I think that's really, really a good way forward. So, and yeah, how could we, we, we turn could, you into a centre of excellence? We we could do that. That's that's part of what we do. Yeah. Is promote you as a, the same with um, Gary. 
yeah turn you in we have to that's i think what we have to do is we have to try and rise above um this quality thing because the quality the quality should be what we stand by and live by it should be our vision and our values it are to in, improve to make the quality of what we deliver better um and i think that's a that's a huge um leap for the future but i i would love to to just work with anybody's organization to say what do you do how do you do it and how could you do it better so stay in touch isabel keep in touch yeah. with us yeah get on the facebook app get on the uh the whatsapp group join us in there and uh, we can all keep in touch that way i keep putting loads of stuff lo loads of links and everything but i don't know whether anybody's really reading them or whether they just click like and and you know they don't bother to take it in here um so sometimes i think well why do i bother you know but i keep doing it if, uh, if anybody's interested in quality i'll keep pushing you to where it's where it's at hokey doke uh right we i think we've agreed yes we would like to do it again or we would like to stay in touch um is there any value in adding any other people to what we're discussing uh or perhaps with different topics i mean the idea the idea of it all is is to see what what everybody else wants what would you like what would you want to see who would you like to see involved in what we can and let us see if we can be the facilitator of it all if you if somebody has got somebody that they think they should invite to it then then invite them you know, we, we, if, if we can help and facilitate things and move things forward. I mean, I've, I've been working with vocational education for the past 25 years. Um, I'm getting old now when I've just said that. Oh, my God. You are still blind, uh, me. But, yeah, it's, you know, and, and it's a shame that we are coming out of, of Europe um, with with the knowledge just between me christine and and robin and gary from the uk they're losing so much and it's frightening and we're trying to we're trying to get people to uh, with the last project we're trying to get people to understand all about assessments and vocational education the, it, europe is set on how the uk do, does it and and how they move forward with everything and that's what europe is set out to do you're gonna Europe's gonna lose that knowledge and understanding once the 31st of December comes. So for me, it's it's we can anybody, any one of us, work with each other, support each other, and try and make education passionate again, mm. instead of it just being formality. Yeah. Well said, mate. Well said. I like that okay then shall we uh shall we finish a bit early but i think it's best to go early and leave something for next time than it is to solve try and soldier on just to fill the time so thank you all ever so much for coming um it was great of you to give the time up and we just hope that we can we can be the start of something perhaps we could be the green shoots of really understanding what collaboration is and how we can help each other. Yeah, that'd be brilliant. I mean, we've got all, like I say, I keep saying it, we've got the WhatsApp group, we've got the Facebook page. 
um, in the chat section there as well. I see some of you have put um, email addresses and contact details. That's amazing. So, yeah, let's all keep in touch. Let's all stay, stay safe in the drastic climate that we're in at the moment and, and look after yourselves and family and hopefully see you all soon. Okie doke. Bye then. Bye Take care, everybody. everyone. Bye. Bye for now. Bye to everybody. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.